Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, as well as the wildly popular book, Cashflow Quadrant. Here's what he had to say about financial literacy, and it's totally different from what Dave Ramsey had to say. So who's right, who's wrong? Let's dive into what Robert Kiyosaki had to say about financial literacy. Do you feel like you were meant to live a life of financial abundance? Like you know your money is supposed to work harder for you than you work for it? Maybe you heard about the stock market and the new millionaires being created and wonder why not me? Maybe you wanna invest in the stock market, but you don't know where to start. Maybe you have a 401k or an IRA, but you want to enjoy your money now, not just in retirement. Maybe you already had some success in the stock market, but you want to take it to the next level. Working for somebody else and watching free YouTube videos will only get you so far. To truly be financially free, it takes a strategic game plan, an investor's mindset, and a willingness to take calculated risks. When you're ready to get out of the rat race and onto the fast track, join us here where we break down how to manage money, how to navigate the stock and options market, and how to approach investing with the right mindset. I'm Jason Brown, stock market coach and options trader, and this is the Money Markets and Mindset Podcast. If you're not familiar with Robert Kiyosaki, he wrote the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and he wrote the book Cashflow Quadrant. And the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad was all about having two fathers, a rich one and a poor one. And he got advice from both of them. And he kind of analyzes the advice that the poor dad gave him and the advice that the rich dad gave him. Now, both dads loved them. And so they weren't one wasn't poor and wasn't one wasn't rich from a love standpoint or from a morale standpoint. It was all about a money standpoint. And so when you think about financial literacy from being rich and from being poor, he breaks it down into these four quadrants and hopefully this will help you. So we look at the left side, you have the E quadrant, which is the employee quadrant. You have the S right underneath it, which is the self-employed quadrant. And then on the right, we have the B or business owner quadrant. And below that on the right side, we have the I or investor quadrant. So on the left side, this whole quadrant really just talks about financial literacy from the standpoint of how do you make money? And so when I look at my life or most people's life, when you start out, like most of us do, we start off in the E quadrant as an employee. I remember my first job was at Little uh, Caesar or Caesarland. We worked there, you know, pizza, gaming, Chuck E. Cheese style tokens. Um, that was one of my first jobs at Caesarland. I remember after that, I moved on to working at McDonald's and working at Best Buy and some of those jobs. But as a teenager, as a young adult, you typically go out and get your first job. Now, some of us, maybe you started off in the S quadrant, self-employed. And what I mean by that is maybe you had a lemonade stand and that was your first self-employed type of situation. But in the E quadrant, you typically work for someone else. You trade time for dollars. That's how all of us start. Nothing to be embarrassed about, nothing to feel ashamed about. Um, it, it's just one easy and simple way to make money. You provide the service that they ask you to, you put in the hours, they cut you a check. Now, if you look at the S quadrant, the self-employed quadrant, this is, I guess, technically a step up. Uh, it just means that you know, you, you're able to produce something on your own. So you're self-employed, you're able to go out and find your own jobs and you're able to deliver 
on the product or service that you said you could deliver for that job. Now, the difference between the E and the S is typically in the E quadrant as an employee, someone else is providing the structure for you. Someone's telling you what time to come, what time to go, and what specific job to do. In the S quadrant, no one's technically telling you when to go and when to come, but you have to be motivated and disciplined enough to wake up when you say you're going to wake up, be on the job site or deliver that product or service to whatever customer that you found and you sold and you told them that you could do X, Y, Z and and get paid for it. And so you're kind of responsible for yourself, for building your own system. And one of the benefits of the S quadrant is you're not constrained by what your boss thinks or you're not constrained by how many hours you can work legally from some um, you know, law standpoint. So for example, if you're in the equalizer, your employee might say you can only work 40 hours because over that you have to pay overtime, there's unions, there's labor laws and different things like that. And the S quadrant, you could say, I want to work 80 hours this week. And there's no one really there to say you can or you can't work 80 hours. You can work as much as you want because you're self-employed. You don't have to answer to anyone. And because you're self-employed, there's also a good chance because you can work those extra hours, you can make, I won't say as much money as you want because you're limited to 24 hours in a day, but you're not restricted by saying, I have to stop at eight hours or I have to in a day, or you're not restricted by, I have to stop at 40 hours in a week. And then there's not necessarily a limit to how many customers you can get depending on the product or service that you deliver. You're only limited by the fact that it's just you and it's 24 hours in the day. Now, from a financial literacy standpoint, Robert Kiyosaki says the left side, the E and the S quadrant are not quadrants to get rich in. If you want to get rich or you want to get wealthy, you need to go over to the B and the I quadrant. Now, I know that Everyone watching this video doesn't necessarily want to be rich, doesn't necessarily want to be wealthy, but maybe you just want to look at a different way of earning money. Maybe you just want to be a little bit more comfortable than you are. There's some things you should consider on the B and the I side. So let's talk about the B and the I side right now. So the B side is the business ownership quadrant on the B side. And that means you either bought a system and the way you could buy a system, you can buy into a car wash. You can buy into a franchise like a McDonald's, for example, if you have enough money to do that, you're buying someone else's system. Uh, Another popular way to buy into a system is to join a network marketing group or a MLM multi-level marketing group. And so you're buying into their system. You're selling their product. You don't have to create the product. You don't have to create the system. They say, here is how we run it. Here's what we found to be the best. Now you go do it in your local area uh, and build a team if it's network marketing, or here's what you go do in your local area for your McDonald's and you dominate that street corner and sell as many hamburgers as possible. So that's the business owner quadrant. The also powerful thing about the business owner quadrant is where leverage finally comes in from a financial literacy standpoint. You see on the left, on the E and the S, you're limited by hours and time in the day. Well, on the B side as a business owner, for example, that McDonald's can be open 24 hours a day. So now that opens up leverage for that business owner to be able to make money 24 hours a day, because now that business owner has people 
working for him or her that can also generate revenue around the clock. Again, assuming it's a business like a McDonald's where it's open 24 hours. But in more modern times, you can also think about businesses like an e-commerce store on eBay or e-commerce store on Amazon where people could be shopping around the world 24 hours a day and you could be making money while you're asleep if they're shopping on your Amazon store. So that's another you know way that you can get into the business owner quadrant. There's so many different ways, but what's the takeaway is, is that the power is that you have the leverage of other people. You also have a system that you either created or you bought into that is now working for you and you have the ability to make money around the clock. Now below the B quadrant, is the I quadrant, which is the investor quadrant. And Robert Kiyosaki says that's where everyone technically gets rich. By the way, if you're enjoying this video, give it a thumbs up and consider subscribing to watch more videos just like this one. In the I quadrant, this is where your money makes money for you, the investor quadrant. Whether you're taking money and investing it in real estate, whether you're taking money and you're investing it in the stock market, you're buying income producing assets with your money that then goes out and gets more money and comes back into your bank account in the form of a rent payment, in the form of a dividend check if it's stocks, or in the form of capital gains if the property appreciated or the stock appreciated and you're able to sell it for more than you purchased it for. Now, this level offers the ultimate financial literacy hack or or step up is because In the B quadrant, employees can get sick. Your business can go bankrupt. There are things that could happen out of your control um, in the B quadrant. You know, a global pandemic could hit again. It could shut your business down. But in the I quadrant, there's not really much that would shut down the stock market. Even in times are bad, there's always something that you can do in the stock market. That's one of the reasons I love playing in that industry, because if the market is down, You could use put options to make money from stocks falling. If the market is good, you can obviously buy stocks. If you don't have that much money, you could get involved with options and control some of the more expensive stocks and leverage a small account. There's so many opportunities in the I quadrant. The other thing about the I quadrant is your money doesn't get sick. Your money doesn't take a vacation. Your money doesn't even really talk back. And that is one of the best places where you can multiply. You can have the power of compounding interest working in your favor. Meaning if you have $5,000 in the account and you make $2,000 one year, well, you go into the next year with $7,000. And so now that $7,000 may make $5,000. So you see it almost, it over doubled what you made the previous year. And now you can go into year three with, you know, $10,000, right? And so you got that compounding effect which can happen in the I quadrant pretty easily. In the B quadrant, it's not as easy to compound buying a second location for a restaurant. It's not as easy to compound and buy a second network marketing company and build a a separate distribution line. So can it be done? Sure, people own multiple locations, but in the I quadrant, that compounding effect just takes uh, place a little bit faster, a little bit easier, and kind of unlimited because there's no limit really to how high the stock market can go and how high much your money can keep and continuously compound. So when you take a look at the cash flow quadrant, E, employee, S, self-employed, business owner is the B quadrant, I is investor. 
how does this contrast from what Dave Ramsey teaches? Because we just talked all about Robert Kiyosaki. Well, Dave Ramsey kind of teaches more so um, the opposite of Robert Kiyosaki. Robert says, get to the B and the I quadrant as quick as you can. Dave Ramsey more so says, no, wait before you start investing. Be a good employee. Go ahead and uh, pay off all your debts. Go ahead and take your money and don't use credit cards. Just pay everything cash. Robert Kiyosaki has a different philosophy because Robert Kiyosaki says, no, debt is good as long as you're using the debt to finance income producing assets. So he's not saying go on the debt to buy a car, a house or, or purses or things that make you look good. Robert Kiyosaki is more like, no, finance that real estate property. And as long as the income coming in covers the amount of the payments and puts a little profit in your pocket, Take out as many loans on those houses as you can and get as many houses as you can. Where Dave is more like, before you do that, let's pay off all your debt. Let's also get an emergency fund. And yeah, don't use credit cards because they're evil. Robert Kiyosaki is more like, well, credit cards aren't evil because I get the float cash for 30 days. And if I can pay it off within 30 days, I don't get charged any interest. That means I got to borrow whatever the limit of that credit card is. I got to borrow that money for free for 30 days. So it's a different way of looking at financial literacy. Now, is Dave wrong? Not really. Some people can't handle a credit card. And so to those people, his audience, he's saying, don't use a credit card. Some people don't know how to spot a good investment and they're just going to take their hard earned money and go over here and lose it when they could have just paid off their credit card and gotten out of debt. And so for those people, Dave are saying, because you can't handle investments, you don't know how to research um, what a good investment is. Maybe you don't have the uh discipline to manage a property or manage your investment, uh, don't try that yet. Just try getting something very simple under control, which is your credit cards and your debt. And don't don't use any credit cards if, if, if you haven't or if you have, stop using them. Pay them off before you come over here to the B and the I cards. It's just two different schools of thoughts. I know personally for me, when I was deep in debt, one of the things that I realized, I was about $50,000 in debt at one point between student loans, taxes, and some other different things. I think credit cards as well. And when I looked at how much I made every single month, I was making like an extra $1,000 a month. And so when I did that over 12 months, I said, if I don't go out, if I don't spend any extra money, I can put $1,000 towards my bill. So I said, well, that's $12,000 a year. I said, it would take me four years to get out of debt. That's if my car didn't break down, if food prices didn't go up, if gas prices didn't go up, if I didn't take any vacations, if I didn't do anything other than take that extra thousand dollars and pay towards my bill, it would take me four years to get out of debt. I said, well, but if I took that same thousand dollars every single month and put it in the stock market, that at the end of a year, I could have $12,000 that 12,000 could work for me and I could possibly double it or turn it into $24,000, in a year or two. And I could cut the time in half of getting out of debt as well as I would still have my initial capital if that money was producing income enough to pay my bills and continue just paying $1,000 a month. I would still have my initial capital and it would have grown and that money would be paying the $1,000 a month in debt for me. So that's why I chose to get into the stock market versus focusing on paying off my debt. 
I wanted to focus on in producing income and my money making money for me, but it's still a personal choice. You have to learn how to do that. You have to be able to manage the risk and you also have to deal with the mindset of doing something different from somebody that as popular as Dave Ramsey may be telling you to do. So it's not good. It's not bad. It's just two different schools of thoughts. And then I'm sharing with you my personal story of what I was able to do. So I hope you took a lot from understanding how Robert Kiyosaki thinks about financial literacy compared to Dave Ramsey. And if you like this video, there's a few more others in the series to check out around financial literacy. And I hope you're more financially literate from watching this video. Hit the thumbs up and the subscribe button, and I'll see you on the next one.